Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the media, truth versus propaganda, and what's been going on lately, and of course, what's been going on for uh, quite some time. Anyway, basically over the years of watching the news and listening to the politicians, citizens, I'm sure you've, uh, you know, they've been very confused, and uh, what is real, what is not real, what is true. What is not true? Well, I've always said to people that you should be able to make up their own minds. You should be able to make up your own minds with the information that you have, uh, stuff that you receive via any medium, of course. And uh, But when a certain narrative has been slammed into the news cycle over and over again through the mainstream media, it's basically, it's basically brainwashing. It really is. And uh, it's basically... It's telling you the same thing over and over again uh, to the point where, you know, you think it's going to be believable. Basically, like uh, Nazi propaganda, like the minister Joseph Goebbels, he was quoted as saying, if you tell a big enough lie and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. How true is that? So now there are, not, there are many examples of this over the years, and... Uh, I don't want to get into, of course, all of them, but I will be talking about a few of the things over the last little while, and I'm sure that you've heard about. Some maybe you have, some maybe you haven't. But um, let's get into like a January. We're going to talk about January the 6th and um, what happened there and how the mainstream media covered that, as well as the Ottawa protesters and how um, the media was covering that a little bit as well. I believe everyone has their own opinion and everyone has the right to figure things out on their own. Uh, all a person need is is the information. That's all. And they can make up their own position on, on what they believe in. It's not just a, a bit of information or a small part of the information or just a teeny bit of it, but all of it. You need all of the information. Every single fact, every single thing, good, bad, ugly, you need it all. This, that way... You, you can make up your own mind, right? This is very hard to do when mainstream constantly on the mainstream media is projecting a certain narrative um, and that it is wrong and not fully true. And you have politicians not speaking the truth about certain things in the news stories. And citizens just need to strap on their spidey sense and just kind of filter through all the bullshit because that's what it is. You just got to learn how to filter through it all. So let's get started with a little bit of uh, things that transpired recently with the Tucker Carlson show, for instance. Um, getting uh, the footage from Kevin McCarthy, of course, he's the Speaker of the House, uh, of January the 6th footage. Just thousands and thousands of hours that they had to kind of filter through. So I'm going to play a little bit of footage here that uh, Tucker actually revealed that was not covered by the January 6th committee. And it was not reported in the mainstream media. 
even to Jacob Chansley, who people refer to him as the QAnon man, his own lawyer hadn't even seen this uh, information for his own defense. So let's start it off by showing you this clip from Tucker Carlson. Check it out. Famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show the Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration so after watching this video of course the democrats lost their minds because it doesn't suit their narrative of what they want you to believe happened that day don't get me wrong the people that broke the law and they they committed criminal acts they should be punished or jailed or reprimanded for what they have done all right that's not the point but what about the 99% of those who didn't do anything except for they just wanted to voice their concerns and protest peacefully and they didn't break any laws. So here's Chuck Schumer. He's uh, very upset as always. Chuck Schumer always looking down when he's reading stuff. He never looks up at the camera. Um, he's referring to what uh, Tucker just showed and uh, his remarks uh, were released on the House floor, and this is Chuck Schumer. Check him out. Segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Wow, Schumer, he has an interesting spin on Tucker's release of the uh, footage and the American people into the world. What about the First Amendment, Chuck? What about that? That's very important down in the United States of America, First Amendment. Freedom of speech. You can't just tell the news agencies to shut stuff down because that would uh, 
be against the uh, Constitution, Chuck. So here's uh, Mitt Romney. He's also talking about how he feels about Tucker Carlson's release of information. Listen to Mitt Romney. It's really sad to see Tucker Carlson uh, go off the rails that bad. Uh, the American people saw what happened on January 6th. They've seen uh, the, the people that got injured. They saw the damage to the building. Uh, you, you, you can't hide the truth uh, uh, by selectively picking a few minutes out of tapes and saying this is what went on. <laughs> so Romney basically said at the end of that that the January 6th committee what they did basically they did the same thing he just talked about cherry picking so they just took film footage that they thought you know would suit their narrative and uh would go against trump of course so that he won't run again in the 2024 election right so here's a little uh here's a little tweet from uh, shipwrecked crew at substack.com this is what they said in a tweet the line drawn by politicians over tucker carlson playing um of previous undisclosed video is very discerning. GOP politicians who do not want Trump 2024 to gain traction are criticizing Carlson because January 6 is the silver bullet keeping Trump from being a candidate. So there's a spin, but uh, hey, why do they keep hammering this stuff, right? That's that's the thing you got to ask yourself. Once again, you're kind of filtering through the bullshit, right? Uh, so here's a look, going to be a clip of uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard used to be a, a Democrat from Hawaii. She is a proud military veteran, this lady. And uh, this is her testifying at uh, one of the hearings. Listen to what Tulsi Gabbard had to say. More recently, U.S. Senator Mitt Romney accused me of treason, a crime that is punishable by death under our laws. I challenged him to back this, back this serious allegation up with evidence. What was this based on? There was no response, no explanation, no evidence, and certainly no apology. Now, these accusations are often shrugged off as, well, hey, it's politics. People say things about each other all the time. Now, that may be easy for some of you to say, but for somebody who wears the uniform, this is serious. And it's serious not only to me, but to my fellow service members and veterans. Every one of us making a decision at some point in our lives to raise our right hand, prepared and volunteering to lay our life down for this country. There was no response, no evidence, and certainly no apology from Romney. Surprise, surprise. So... He can just say whatever he wants about Tulsi Gabbard, and no one shows any, he doesn't show any evidence, no factual information, and uh, he calls her a traitor. It's kind of pathetic, if you ask me, but uh, these people get away with this stuff. It's crazy. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, around the uh, Capitol, who committed the acts of crime should be held accountable there's no doubt but on that note anyone who lied to create a narrative or lied to the american people or the world should also be held accountable as well so here's joe rogan talking on his uh, joe rogan experience uh, what he saw from tucker carlson's release so watch joe speaking of which did you see the new video of the fucking QAnon shaman 
being led through the Capitol building by police? No. What what, what happened there? You know, there's a the story of the violent insurrection. Oh yeah, that's of course. the narrative. It right? was. I mean, by the was... way, well, let's just be real clear. You shouldn't break into the Capitol building. You shouldn't be trying to overthrow the government. You shouldn't be trying to like get out there and say that the election was false when you don't exactly know. You're just buying into it, and then you all invade the Capitol. Wasn't good. Wasn't a good look for America. Wasn't good for any of the people there. Nothing. Nothing was good about January sixth. Let's be real clear. But when you watch the video of that guy being led around uh, through the Capitol building by police, they're basically giving him like a tour. They're talking to him and hanging out with him. At one point in time, it's him and there's like six police officers around him, and they're not arresting him. They're not throwing him to the ground. There's no violence at all. Like, I don't, I don't think what that guy did was good. I don't think what any of those people did was good. It wasn't smart to barge into the Capitol and take pictures of your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's a crime. But they were leading him around. Like, they were hang the cops were talking to him and hanging out with him. It wasn't, they weren't, like, arresting him immediately. It wasn't like he was this violent guy who broke in and started smashing things. They stayed between the velvet ropes. These, watch the video. Yeah. See, have you seen the video? No, I have not seen the see, video. See if you can find it, because Tucker Carlson highlighted it on his television show, and now everybody's up in arms because it's coming from Tucker. But it should be coming from the New York Times, too. It should be coming right. from everybody. So Joe's right, you know. It, it should be coming from everybody. All news outlets should be reporting this stuff, but they won't because it doesn't fit their narrative. Just like saying there were five cops killed on the January 6th. This, too, was a lie. Watch Tucker Carlson explain this about the police officers. Watch this clip. In fact, this week, the White House trotted out both the press secretary and Joe Biden's attorney general, the attorney general of the United States, to claim not just that Brian Sicknick was actually murdered by Republicans at the Capitol, but that other officers were murdered too. It's, it's almost beyond belief. Watch this. The right range of bipartisan lawmakers, you heard them all yesterday, you guys reported on it, who have condemned uh, this false de depiction of the unprecedented violent attack on, con on our Constitution and the rule of law, which cost police, police uh, officers their lives. It was a violent attack on a fundamental tenet of American democracy, that power is peacefully transferred from one administration to another. Uh, um, over a hundred officers were assaulted on that day. Five officers died. Five officers died on that day. Now that's just not some guy on Twitter. That's the Attorney General of the United States. That's a man whose honesty is central to his job. If you had a choice between IQ and integrity in an attorney general, of course you would go with integrity because it's essential. But Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, is a liar. He just lied about something that is provably false. Who are these five officers who were, quote, killed that day? Notice he didn't tell you. No one ever tells you. No one ever shows you their autopsies. They don't want any detail. They just want the slogan. Now, they're counting Brian Sicknick. That's a lie. But who are the other four? Well, those are four officers who killed themselves after January 6th, in some cases, long after January 6th. But their suicides, we know for a fact, were the result of the Republican mob at the Capitol. It's just, it's just false. And it's not some esoteric fact. That fact is available to anyone who has internet access. No police officers died that day on January 6th. None. Not one. 
Even the chief medical examiner in Washington, D.C. announced that Officer Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. Yes, it was a terrible thing that he passed away, but it had nothing to do with the Capitol riot. Listen to this clip of a news release about Officer Sicknick. A medical examiner says the Capitol Police officer who died a day after confronting rioters on January 6th died of natural causes. Autopsy results show Brian Sicknick suffered two strokes which caused his death. The ruling will make it difficult for prosecutors to pursue homicide charges against the two men who are accused of assaulting Sicknick by spraying a powerful chemical irritant, possibly a bear repellent, at him. The autopsy found no evidence that Sicknick suffered an allergic reaction that would have caused his throat to seize. It also found no evidence of physical injuries. Once again, it was a terrible thing that he passed away, but it was not re related to the rioters, and the mainstream media would have you believe that it was. That in itself should make you question other things as well that have transpired in other countries, like like ours, Canada. That that was covered in uh, other. I've covered this in other podcasts as well um, about about Canada and what happened with the Ottawa uh, truckers. I've covered that. Um, anyway, let's hear about Matt Taibbi and Douglas Murray, what they have to say. They were at a town hall debate called the uh, Monk Debates here in Canada. Have a listen to some of their statements during this debate. Listen to Douglas Murray talking about what the media, basically, what they did, you know, up in Ottawa. Have a listen to this. Now Canada has become really interesting. It became interesting in January and February of this year. Why? Because you had protesters in Ottawa. Really interesting when people come out in large numbers. And you know what the job of reporters is? The job of reporters is to go out and say, why are you on the streets? What brought you here? Why are you here with your kids? Why have you got a bouncy castle in the middle of Ottawa? That's a bit strange. <laughs> Ask them questions. Just find out the story. But you know what? The government didn't want that in Canada. Your prime minister decided in advance that these people were, oh, what did he do? All the modern uh, excommunications. They were Nazis. They were white supremacists. They were anti-Semites. They were probably homophobes. They were misogynists. They were probably transphobes, etc., etc., etc. He did all the things you do in the modern political age if you want to just defenestrate somebody who's awkward to you. And then he brings in the Emergency Powers Act. Now, at such a time, what would the mainstream media do? It would question it. It would question it. The Canadian mainstream media did not. The Canadian mainstream media acted as an amen chorus of the Canadian government. I will give you a couple of examples. But, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I could go on for hours with examples of this. You had a CBC host describing the Freedom Convoy as a, quote, feral mob. You had a Toronto Star columnist saying, quote, sorry for the language, it's a homegrown hate farm that was then jet-fueled by an American right-funded rat-fucking operation. Jesus, they can't even write at these papers anymore. <laughs> CBC said that two indigenous women were so scared to go outside in Ottawa because of racist violence didn't bother to mention that indigenous drummers had led the truckers in an O Canada rendition. The National Observer said that the many black and indigenous Freedom Convoy supporters were in fact duped by the truckers. The Globe and Mail reporter said, my 13-year-old son told me to tell protesters I'm not a Jew out of fear of anti-Semitic violence without mentioning that one of the leaders of the convoy was himself Jewish. Now, why is this so rancid? 
utterly, utterly rancid and corrupt. Because in this country, your media, your mainstream media, is funded by the government. A totally corrupted system. In 2018, oh, election year, coincidence, the Canadian media has given $595 million over five years. The Toronto Star estimated it was going to be get, getting $3 million from the government in the first half of the year. It went on and on. So you see, the main street, the government in Canada can tell people to, to the, they can tell the banks to shut down people's bank accounts. Oh, yeah. Your government can do that, and if you're happy with that, just think about what would happen if the shoe was on the other foot. The government can do that, but in Canada, they can also tell the media what to do. And the media does the bidding of the, can of the Canadian. Millions and millions of tax dollars being paid through to the media organizations for them to do the politicians' bidding. I don't remember any reporters asking these questions that he was just talking about. But uh, but they were reporting on, uh, you know, Nazi flags, rebel flags. See how the narrative starts to take shape when they do these things. The truth, for some reason, doesn't sell. But manipulating the truth is not right in any country. But that's just my opinion. When you manipulate the truth, it throws people off and they don't, they don't get the full story. Like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. They don't get the whole picture. But putting fear and doubt in the citizens of this country or any other country instead of facts and the truth seems not to be in play in the playbook for the political parties. Remember that the political similarities in both Canada and the United States with our parties is that our liberals and your Democrats are one and the same. And your Republicans and our progressive conservatives are one and the same as well. Now, you might know Matt Taibbi because he was the one who has been releasing all the Twitter files around the world, showing everyone the truth. So listen to Matt Taibbi talk a little bit about, about reporting. Listen to what he says. In the American context, this means that if the facts tell you the Republicans were the villains in a political disaster, then you write it that way. If the facts point more at the Democrats, you write that. If they're both culpable... As was often the case for me when I investigated Wall Street for almost 10 years after the 2008 crash, uh, you write the story that way. We're not supposed to thumb the scale. Our job is just to call things as we see them and leave the rest up to you. But we don't do that now. The story is no longer the boss. Uh, instead, we sell narrative in a dysfunctional new business model. Once the uh, commercial strategy of the news business was to go for the whole audience, a TV news broadcast was aired at dinner time, and it was designed to be watched by the entire family. Everyone from your crazy right-wing uncle to the sulking lefty teenager in the corner. This system had flaws, but making an effort to talk to everybody had benefits. For one thing, it inspired trust. Gallup polls twice, twice showed Walter Cronkite to be the most trusted person in all of America. That would never happen with a newsreader today. With the arrival of the internet, some outlets found that instead of going after the whole audience, it made more financial sense to pick one uh, demographic and try to dominate it. How do you do that? That's easy. You just pick an audience and feed it news you know they'll like. So here's Douglas Murray talking about 
differences of opinion. Have a look at this. A jab there, I noticed that Matt, by trying to pretend that Matt Taibbi is desperate for the era of white men in broadcasting. It takes a certain chutzpah to make that claim, but I don't see any reason why that is the case with Matt. I don't think that you are hankering desperately for a world of white news presenters. You never, we've only just met, but you didn't give off that vibe to me. Uh, um, and when Malcolm says you've got to get your story right, guys, uh, I know it's easy for a cheap laugh line, but I don't see why we do. We're two very different people with very different... Uh, careers, interests, and much more. We've trodden very different paths across very wide swathes of this planet. And we don't need to get our story straight for you, or for this audience tonight, or be in lockstep. Differences of opinion, including on the same side, used to be cherished. How true is that statement? Differences of opinion used to be cherished. I've always said that everyone has an opinion. And you can agree to disagree, but you do not have to hate each other or the other person or treat them with some kind of contempt. They are deriving their opinion with information that they have consumed, and you have done the same. Here's Douglas Murray talking once again about the Hunter Biden laptop. Have a look at this. Uh, Briefly, yes. <laughs> Good Lord. So take the Hunter Biden story. Oh, here we okay. go. I'm sorry. A very, <laughs> of course you don't want to hear no it. Is there no end to the kind no, of Twitter of course stuff you, don't you guys want to, are going to dredge up Of course up you don't want to hear it, Malcolm. Of course you wouldn't, because it goes against your ideological uh, presumptions. <laughs> that story was a big story, okay? It was a big story. The New York Post, which I write for, but the New York Post, America's oldest uh, newspaper, uh, was silenced on Twitter, was silenced across the media. You know, the Washington Post has now picked it up. It's saying that, yeah, the laptop's true. But why didn't the media pick it up before? Why didn't they call up people? Why didn't they check whether the emails were accurate? Because they didn't want uh, Biden to lose the election. He was their guy. And they weren't going to screw that up. Now, I, I ask you. Yet again, here is both Matt Teeby and Douglas Murray talking about the laptop and the media. Take a look fake. Those emails were real. They were all authentic. The manner of how they were obtained was shady, but they were true. Uh, so you can't call it disinformation. Neither was this. This was not disinformation. And, and news organizations are not required to report on anything. No one has to do the story on the Hunter Biden laptop if they don't want to. They're, they're not obligated to. However, they went beyond not covering it. They went, they wrote stories that this was Russian disinformation. They repeated uh, the, the statements made by 50 former intelligence officials who described this as having all the earmarks of a Russian information campaign. By the way, they didn't use the word disinformation. Uh, but that wasn't even the most important part of the story. The important part of that story wasn't even about Hunter Biden. It was about the, the decision by Facebook and Twitter uh, at the behest, uh, at least in the case of Facebook, of the U.S. government to quash or dial down that story and, and deny access to that story. That is a historic moment uh, in the history of censorship in our country. And, and, 
Okay, come quickly on this I've, I've, I've got to add to that. I've got to add to that. Sorry, Malcolm, you're kind of, oh my God, what a yawneroo the whole Hunter Biden story is. How boring to talk about the idea of corruption at an epic scale in the first family. How boring. Um, who would want to harp on about that? Uh, uh, let me try the counterfactual on you. Let me try the counterfactual on you. It's October 2020. And a huge number of emails are suddenly dumped, revealing unbelievable scandal in the Trump family. I, I don't want to concentrate on the dick pics and the crack and stuff. Never mind about Don Jr. if he'd been doing that. Let's just focus on the, on the emails. There was a very easy way, Michelle, as you know, to certify whether this stuff was true. You could call up anyone on the email chains and say, did you get this email? They didn't bother with any of that stuff. They'd have been excited as hell across most of the mainstream media, media, if this had been emails from Donald Trump's son saying, and I'm no Trump fan, let's not get into that cheap rut. But if it had been, if it had been uh, Don, Don Jr. saying to his ch child, you've no idea what I've done for this family, the demeaning things I've gone through, I have to give half of everything I earn to my dad. Oh, you're Nauru, definitely, definitely. Who'd care about that? No, the point is simply that this was one of the occasions in recent years where the mainstream media showed its transparency as a political organization. That's why we care. Okay. Uh. So hopefully so far, this podcast has given you an idea how the media works and how maybe information that you have seen that has always been out there for you to see, but you have never seen it until now. This information has always been out there. But mainstream media that you watch, it feeds you, it feeds you a certain information, and that's what you eat. Before I close my podcast, I just want to uh, show you a few other videos of how much disdain these Democrats had for both these journalists, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. They were at a congressional hearing just the other day. They were talking about the Twitter files, and of course, they were being abused by these liberals for trying to share the truth. They're just simply trying to share truth. Let that sink in for a second. Anyway, have a look at some of these Democrats and how they treated these two journalists. Have a look. And they're oligarch-controlled internet research agency interfered in the 2016 election via this <clears throat> social media disinformation campaign. Do you believe that? Mr. Congressman, my disagreement with the issue well, is... I think this is, a, this is basically a yes or no question. Either you think so or you don't, and I don't have a lot of time, so... Okay, well then I'm, I'm going to answer not in the sense that, you, uh, that you're putting it. Okay. Um, I think okay. all countries all right. engage in off offensive in information you, operations. The you, question is scale. Do you and, believe and, that and the Russia Twitter files in were hacking, reclaiming my time is how it works now. I'll ask the questions and you try to provide an answer if you can. Across three wow. decades involves sources who have motives. Every time you do a story, you're making a, a, a balancing test. Okay. Reclaiming, the public reclaiming my time, thank you very much. Okay. I ask you this because before you became Elon Musk's hand-picked journalist, so, and pardon the oxymoron, you stated this on Joe Rogan's podcast about being spoon-fed information, and I quote, 
I think that's true of any kind of journalism, and you'll see it behind me here. I think that's true of any kind of journalism. Once you start getting handed things, then you've lost. They have you at that point, and you've got to get out of that habit. You just can't cross that line. Do you still believe what you told Mr. Rogan, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Good. Now, you crossed that line with the Twitter files. No. Elon Musk, it's my time. Please do not interrupt. I wasn't privy to that part. Have of you seen the consent decree? No, I have not. Okay, well, the consent decree is concerned with user data, which would be probably the reason that they were concerned if they're giving files to journalists that potentially data about users as well as data about individuals and employees would be given to them. My understanding um, so is I that So I didn't ask a question. I didn't ask you a question, sir. Okay? And so, small, like mine. Mr. Congressman, and it should be a, a bipartisan goal. No, you don't get to ask questions here. Okay. It should be a bipartisan goal to ensure that Americans and only Americans determine the outcome of our elections, not fear-mongering. And I think, I hope that you can actually take this with you, because I honestly hope that you will grapple with this. That it may be possible that if we can take off the tinfoil hat, that there's not a vast conspiracy but that ordinary folks and national security agencies responsible for our security are trying their best to find a way to make sure that our online discourse doesn't get people hurt or see our democracy undermined. Information and a hack and leak operation? No, I don't disagree. Okay, Mr. Taibbi, do you disagree with those two indictments? Well, I don't, indictments aren't a thing to disagree Do you disagree, there are about 40 or 50 pages. Do you disagree with the evidence outlined in those indictments? Well, indictments are just charges. When, when, I just when asked the, you, do you disagree with the evidence included in those indictments, yes or no? I'm not on the jury of that case. I couldn't possibly say yes or no. Okay, because you said earlier, I believe, that you did not see Russia, you, you could not confirm that Russia interfered in our election in 2016, that you don't believe that. Is that your testimony here today? You don't believe that they did? I think it's possible that they, they may have on a small scale, but certainly not to what's been reported. What's been reported or what's been included in the indictments? Well, again, indictments are allegations. They're not proof. And, I understand. And, and, it's pretty and, detailed allegations. In so the Mueller indictment, should, by the way. You should go read the indictment and then come back and tell us if you actually think there's no proof of it. Well, but let me move on. Some, some of those defendants, by the please, way, when please, they Please, let me move on. That's how this works. You should know that by now. I think it's just disgusting how these journalists are being attacked by these Democrats about the information coming from Twitter files, it clearly shows that the government interfered with tweets. That the government was okay with Twitter when it was being controlled by the Democrats. But now that Elon Musk owns it, nobody owns Elon. And the Dems don't like that. That's for sure. The truth is the truth. Period. And the media has a right and an obligation to report the news Give that news to the citizens. Make sure they have all the information about a topic or a situation. And then let each individual decide from the information whether they believe it or not. It's really that simple. Well, what the hell ever happened to just honest reporting and, and journalism? Where are all the good journalists who will risk everything? 
to get a story out so that the citizens of this world get the whole picture and not just parts of it. There are bits and pieces of it and all this misinformation. Where are they? I ask you, where are they? I wish some of them would step forward and start showing the truth, what the truth really is. There's so much going on in Canada and there's so much going on in the United States and other countries around this world. Citizens of all these countries and the world need to know the truth. They need to know the truth. That's all. It's, it's really that simple. Anyway, thanks again, everyone, for listening to my podcast. It's much appreciated. Please don't forget to subscribe and like my videos. It helps with the algorithm. So hit the little subscribe button and the like button. And it uh, helps with the YouTube as you, as you move up the charts and ring that little bell as well. And you'll be notified for future uh, videos that I, that I post. Uh, my videos can be found on rumble.com. And you can also find my podcasts on any iPhone or Android device by using a podcast app. And you just type in the surge effect in the search bar. And um, it's that easy. Anyway, thanks again, folks, for listening to my podcast, and until next time, cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsheshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, The Surge Effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.